Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast and joining me to look at game one of the Rockets Warriors and to take a, a big picture view of this series is Sports Radio 610's Adam Spillane. And Adam, I tell you what, uh, the score is blah, blah, blah to blah, blah, blah. And who cares? Uh, I'm just not in a good mood after watching the game today. You know, I've been in the business for 20 plus years and I, I, I don't consider myself one of these guys that just blame the ref guy, but what happened with the Rockets today was just a travesty. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upset. And, you know, when you place the Warriors, you, you just can't hand them over a game just because of some bad calls. What did you think? It was bad. There's no question it was bad. Uh, I don't think it's why they lost the game. I think that there are plenty of other reasons, and there are plenty of other things that you can look at to say, well, if they would have done this, that they could have won the game, and they still could have won the game. Uh, but obviously it was bad, and I think that's the one thing that's going to carry over throughout the series more than anything is just the officiating and how these games are officiated and are these officials up to the challenge because you have concerns, and I think it's been a concern. I know it's been a concern of the Rockets that they believe that the Warriors get a very favorable whistle. I think they would tell you that's a big reason why they lost the series last year, uh, and then you already see it happen in this game, and you could tell I mean, they were they were very angry. You just watched that the post game press conferences. Whether even Mike D'Antoni, you could tell he was really angry well after the game. And this is a guy that doesn't usually let losses linger on like that. He was angry. James Harden was angry. There was just a lot of anger going on. And now you're going to have to deal with this again in game two. And then this is just going. This is just going to come up again and again and again for the next three to six games. And it's too bad, uh, but it's a concern that the league should have. You could say, well, yeah, the Rockets didn't do some good things, but the Warriors screwed up all up and down the. the but the problem is, you know, it, it's not just one sh- one foul shot. It's not just it's. We're talking about maybe five times, and we're we're, we're talking about possibly fifteen free throws. I think we are talking fifteen free throws, and I'm not just upset because of the free throw situation. One of the things I I didn't see them talk about during the game at all. And, and I, I haven't heard a whole lot of conversation about it, is the reason that rule is there is to protect the shooter's legs and knees and ankles. And this is James Harden. This is your star player. And they're going under him every single time. And that's dangerous. And, and here's Clay, Clay Thompson getting a pass at a lot of those. Clay Thompson was involved. That's a guy with ankle issues. And, you know, it, it comes a point where you just go, hey, look, I mean, this isn't e- as much even about that you screwed up the calls, but they admitted screwing up four calls, Adam, that the referees came to the locker room at halftime, according to Mike D'Antoni, and said, we screwed up four calls. Four calls. That's a lot in one half of an NBA game. Yeah, no, that, that's four calls. That's 12 free throws right there. Uh, yeah, no question. It was bad. It's it's one of those, those things, though, and uh, Harden brought up Kawhi Leonard. Harden was the one that brought up Kawhi Leonard after the game, and of course, that was in a game against the Warriors. Now, it's 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 very difficult. I'm not going to give the officials a pass because, again, they were not very good, and they did miss some of them. But it's hard with Harden, especially on the step backs, because he's moving backwards to take the shot. So then the player is coming forward to try and contest it. And then Harden also jumps forward as he's going back on the step back. It's a very hard call to officiate, but it's been done this season. And, again, the officials need to call that. You call it the first couple of times, and maybe that changes things. The call does need to be made, but it's a hard call to officiate. So I kind of give the officials a pass in that regard, but still, they've got to be able to make that call. And you're right, you have to protect the player because that's dangerous. You know, 
one time Harden steps on Clay Thompson that completely changes the complexion of the entire series if that happens. Uh, and the same thing if it were to happen on the other end and they would be just as angry. A lot of anger going around. No question it's well-deserved. And again, like I said, this is going to be a theme, I think, for the rest of the series. I don't know how it gets litigated at all, aside from just making the calls. I feel I'm as tough as Harden as, as just about anybody has been over the years. But it, it's getting harder and harder to take the national uh, media, the national fans, uh, everybody just constantly saying, well, you know, James Harden, that, that's what he deserves. He doesn't deserve half the calls that he gets. And, you know, I see Ryan Rosillo up on Twitter saying, hey, Harden's rep is actually hurting him on these non-calls. He falls down so much. They're ignoring the contact. I say it every year, but Harden has playoff games where the officiating crew doesn't give him the calls. And my response on Twitter and my response, Adam, period, is that Harden's rep has nothing to do with the, the fans. I mean, I mean, I mean, his rep has everything to do with the fans and the media. The dude is just awesome. He gets fouled all the time. It's not an accident. I mean, guys, you know, they, they, they can't figure out how to cover him because he's a hard cover. You, you have to get up in his face. And when he shoots, uh, guys are jumping up there trying to block his shot because it's so hard to block. And, you know, if every official in the NBA is giving him every benefit of the doubt in the regular season and then they're all disowning him in the postseason, I mean, that's ridiculous. This is, this is not some major conspiracy of, hey, they're going to help him in the regular season and not help him in the postseason. But to me, it's starting to look like a conspiracy that they aren't going to give him the calls in the postseason. And I think that it, it feels like that they've – uh, maybe heard it enough from the fans in the media that they're starting to believe their own reputation that they are giving them calls in the regular season. And I just don't buy into it. I get on him for, you know, maybe not showing up at, at, at points in the postseason. I get him on him when, when he was uh, having trouble defensively a few years ago. Uh, you know, there are things that he does that bother me occasionally. But, you know, the, the foul calls, I think it's crap. I think other star players get foul calls and they get free throws. Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant or whoever you want to name. But for some reason, when Harden gets him, oh, he's flopping or he's whatever. I haven't seen the video yet of uh, him flopping left and right and left and right, uh, Adam. But, I, you know, we, we saw the defensive video. Why hasn't uh, there been a video of, the, of him flopping all the time? Because I just don't think it happens. I think these are actual real calls. He doesn't flop per se. But he is very good at understanding where the defender is so that he can initiate the contact. And so you do see it in, in this game today. And, and I think you look, if you look at the last shot, that last shot that he took that Draymond Green was trying to, to contest, I don't think that one was a foul. I think that was a good no call. But again, you, you just kind of see how he jumps forward the way he does, how he steps back and then jumps forward. And I think that the officials are trying to – trying to do something with that to not give him that call every single time because you probably could because, I mean, you look and we talk about how many calls that they did miss today. He still took 11 free throws. And I, I think that the, the league and the officials are just terrified of this guy taking 20 free throws in a game. Now, whether or not that's right, it's not. But, I mean, you should still make the calls and you worry about it in the offseason when, when you try try and figure out rules from there. Uh, but I, I think that the league is just terrified of of giving one guy 20 free throws in a game. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, it's it's really tough. He's a really tough guy to officiate. 
I don't I don't think he flops. Like I said, I don't think that he flops, but I do think that he's he's one of the smartest players in the league and he understands how to contort his body so that so that he is able to initiate contact. And I do think that officials are trying to 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 get him to stop doing that, whether or not they should, that's a whole other thing. But I'm very interested to see how these games are officiated moving forward. All right, I'm going to throw out the fact that he had a rough shooting performance. He had 35 points. He could have easily had 45 points. Uh, James, to me in this game, it's almost like he played another game than the the officials call it. But I I do want to look at a a sort of go from macro or micro to macro view of this game and and the series and talk about Clint Capella because – I, I'm like beyond concerned at this point. I thought, well, he's getting over the, the this infection or whatever he had, this illness. But this thing, I don't know if it's continued. I don't know if there's something else going on. But this does not look like the Clint Capella that we're used to seeing. Uh, he was minus 17 in game one, plus minus. What are you seeing from Clint Capella? Are, are you as concerned as I am? Because the Rockets can't beat the Warriors with just three guys. They can't just do it with Paul, James Harden, and Eric Gordon. Uh, he was disappointing today, flat out. And, I mean, this is a guy who has said, I want to play the Warriors. You want to be the best, you have to beat the best. If that's the case, then he has to show up. And remember, he kind of got played off the floor in this series last year. Uh, I, I think part of it is Golden State. I think people just forget how good Draymond Green is. And Green is always able to stay attached to him, and that takes away the lob. And Green is very good and very active. So he's able to get back and forth on Capella. But it's not about. it's not just about the lob. I mean, the Rockets missed, what, some 56 shots today. They did not, or whatever it was, they did not shoot the ball well. They were really bad shooting the basketball, and Clint Capella was basically a non-factor on the glass. I mean, what he had, I believe he had six rebounds total, and I don't believe he had a single offensive rebound. So that's a big reason why Capella's in there. If he's, they're obviously, they're not going to dump it into the post. Uh, they're, if the lob isn't there, then he has to be crashing the offensive glass because that's one area where the Warriors aren't great. They're not a great defensive rebounding team, so you should be able to get second chances. And Capella's inability to do that is a big concern. He, he just wasn't active. Uh, it's a concern. It should be a concern going forward because he wasn't on the floor. He was unable to be on the floor at the end of that game. So Mike D'Antoni has Nene in there, and Nene gets isolated against Stephen Curry in what was probably the most important defensive possession of the game. Uh, so Capella has to show up. I mean, it, it's that simple. Like you said, uh, they need more than three guys. They need, I mean, he's their third highest paid player now. I mean, he's not some kid anymore. This is a guy who's being paid a lot of money. If he's not going to go out there and produce, then they have a serious, serious problem. You mentioned Nene, and, and that is uh, something that I want to get into next because, you know, he did a lot of nice things. And, and on the surface, it looked good if you're paying attention to offense and some of his rebounding stuff. But the problem with Nene is he gets isolated and, and then you lose uh, three points. You know, you might get two points on one end. You're going to lose three points on the other end. And, and that's the real concern with playing Nene any kind of minutes in this series. And, and that was the whole benefit, I thought, of having Kenneth Fareed. I thought Fareed would be perfect for this series. I thought it was interesting that Dan Tony didn't go to Fareed in this game because, you know, I just thought Fareed was in a bad matchup situation in Utah. And I don't know if he's not confident in Fareed, though, then Daniel House needs to play a lot more. And, and I get it. You know, maybe he hasn't shot the three-point shot as well as he did in uh, the regular season. But Daniel House is a guy that I trust out there for the most part on the defensive end. And he can give you the length and the size when you're switching off. And that's the problem with, with the Golden State Warriors in this series, Adam, because with all the switches and all the things that they do, 
you, you've got a bunch of midgets out there that end up playing Kevin Durant, and Durant's going to just tear you apart if you keep giving him isos with Chris Paul and Eric Gordon and whoever else you're facing uh, you know, on that end of the floor without you know, having some size out there. Uh, he's an impossible matchup. He's an impossible matchup for basically everybody in the league. I mean, so you, you almost just say, hey, let him get his. And I think that that's almost the way that they are going to approach it. Uh, as long as he's shooting from inside the three-point arc, if he's taking long twos, I think that they they will accept those shots. And he made them today. Uh, I think the big thing with Nene, and I think that D'Antoni screwed this up, uh, you look and Harden's at the free throw line for that three-point play, there is no reason for Nene to remain in the game at that point. I mean, that's when Nene needs to come out on a defensive possession. Uh, and, and then you go back to, I, I think, I believe P.J. Tucker was out of the game at the time just because of foul trouble. Uh, I have to go back and, and check to be 100% sure. But there was no reason for Nene to, to be in there at that point. Uh, the Rockets are small. They're a small team. They've been a small team all season. That's a big, you know, one of the big trade-offs with, with losing Trevor Reza is that he was basically their longest guy, their longest wing defender. So not having him, that, you know, that takes a little bit of a hit. You kind of see that now in this series. I think that, you know, I'd have to look just to be 100% sure. I think that they would accept the shots that Durant took. Uh, I think the problem with how they played Durant today is that they fouled him way too much. I mean, if Kevin Durant's going to go 11 for 25 from the field and one of three from three, I mean, just that shot distribution, they'll take. The problem is the 15 free throw attempts. That they cannot do. And they fouled way too much in this game. Iman Shumpert, what do you think about him? Because he's somebody that I've never been a fan of in theory. And, and I say, in theory, he looks like the kind of guy that you would love to have. He's got length. He can supposedly play defense, although I, I really feel like he's just barely an above-average defender. A lot of you know what he does defensively is just because he is you know got the length and the size to, to bother some guys. And uh, you know sometimes he does stay in front of people, but guys get by him. He he makes stupid uh, plays. He he he's out of position at times. Uh, I, I'm just not a fan of playing Shumpert in a series that you need, as D'Antoni and Chris Paul will tell you, you need smart play and you need smart players in a series like this. But the thing is, who do you play above him? And I'm going to defend the Shumpert thing in a second, but he kind of works for them. We kind of figured that he would play a lot more in this series as opposed to the last series, just because of how much um, the Warriors run stuff off screens. And, and with Shumpert having played them in the finals three times, he kind of understands what they're looking to do. And he's also good about getting around screens and chasing after your offensive guys. So I think that's why he's in there. But, I mean, you look at the other options, especially with Austin Rivers out. I mean, he played 20 minutes today because Austin Rivers didn't play. Uh, but this is a really hard series for Gerald Green. I mean, Gerald Green is not as active. He's not as good at figuring out where to go defensively as somebody like Shumpert is. And I, I think you have to let Shumpert play his way back into things just a little bit because he hasn't played very much. I mean, he didn't play at all in the Utah series. I think he's going to, I think you're going to see him a decent amount, but obviously Rivers gets ahead of him in the rotation. Yeah, it was a killer not having Austin Rivers. I mean, the Rockets just this illness or whatever. I'm, I'm assuming that Austin Rivers has got the same issue that, you know, we've seen seen go through the team that well that that's terrible. I mean, it's 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 uh, hurting all the way as they go through these playoffs. These guys getting sick and at the worst time. I mean, it's just you know it, it sucks, Adam, because it's just if you're a Rockets fan, this is just a lot of 
horrible luck for them. I mean, you look what happened last year. Uh, everybody made a big deal about what happened with Chris Paul in game six and game seven. But, you know, I beat the horn on this whole Luke Mbamute thing when they lost him in the offseason. Oh, he was the reason they got to no, he was the reason they got that helped him get 65 wins. But for the last half of the season, he had the shoulder issues and it was a killer that he just couldn't be a regular part of the rotation because he couldn't, you know, barely lift his shoulder all throughout the playoffs last year. He, he barely plays. It shortened their rotation. It, it meant that uh, they had no legs. So by game seven, they, they have the 0 for 27 from three. And I think a lot of that was just the pressure of not having Luke Mabamute out there and b- being able to add minutes. They were down to six guys, especially without uh, Chris Paul and, and, and his health. But I mean, if, if I'm the Rockets, uh, Daniel House is get, probably going to be getting 30-plus minutes a game. I lean on him a lot, and they really need Austin Rivers to come back in the game because, you know, he's the perfect guy, I think, to chase around Steph Curry and, and kind of give him hell. The, the Rockets didn't have that perfect guy in this game, the game one, to, to do that. I mean, House played 21 minutes today. That's where he's going to be. That's where he's going to be in this series. Just because you look at the rest of the, the, rest of the minutes uh, that, the, that the Rockets had today, Chris Paul played 36. That's a little high. I think D'Antoni would like to have him 34, 35. But Harden only played 39 minutes today. So that can obviously go up. Capella only played 27. That can go up. P.J. Tucker played 39. He'll probably hang around there the entire series. Gordon was at 37. He'll stay around there. Uh, I think that the way the minutes were distributed today, I think that's probably what you'll see moving forward. I think that uh, obviously Rivers would take some of the Shumpert minutes. I think I don't know how much Gerald Green plays moving forward, uh, but you're going to win this series with your best guys. I mean, you're going to win the Rockets' best five are their five starters. That's who needs to be on the floor more than anybody else. And I think that you saw it with the Warriors. Thompson, Thompson, Thompson's ankle is so messed up that he played 41 minutes. Durant played 43. Uh, they played Draymond Green 40 minutes. I mean, Iguodala played 34. Uh, so you saw Steve Kerr lean on his starters a little bit more than Mike D'Antoni did. I wonder if that change is coming up in this next game, especially when you consider that game three isn't until Saturday. So that's three days off. Anything that you're seeing just early in this series or just something that you noticed when the Rockets played the Warriors that you feel like the Rockets need to improve on or, or something that they can do different defensively or offensively against the Warriors? Maybe, you know, I, I, one of the things that I noticed is, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with James Harden, we've seen it over and over again. If it gets into him playing iso ball, whole, whole possessions, and, and you know, we saw him have uh, the shot clock go off a couple of times because he couldn't get the shot going. But towards the end of the game, we saw a lot more movement uh, to try to get maybe Eric Gordon the ball. Uh, they were, you know, kind of... Uh, they, they, they kind of ran a little bit of a motion offense uh, towards the end of the game and got Eric Gordon a, a good shot, and he missed one of the shots that he had. But, I, you know, that's something that I want to see more of because, you know, I just don't think you can beat the Golden State Warriors going, hey, James Harden, you go one on five. The key then is going to be getting stops because uh, when you let them get their defense set up, it's very hard to score, and these two teams know what the other runs so well that it basically turns into iso ball. I mean, you see it with Golden State, with, you know, the Warriors uh, – isolate against the Rockets more than they do a lot more than they do against any other team. But the Warriors shot what 51% in this game. I have to see, I, it was a lot higher in the first half. So the Rockets got stuck playing in the half court and it's really tough to beat the Warriors in the half court. For me, it's about the rebounding uh, three offensive rebounds in a game where you miss four, the Rockets missed 43 shots and they had three offensive rebounds. So that's a, an offensive rebound percentage of what, is 8%, something like that. I, I 
you know, just doing it on the fly. That's not good enough. They need to be in that 20, 25% uh, range for offensive rebounding. Uh, they need to be able to get second opportunities. And, and again, you miss 33 three-pointers and only get three offensive rebounds. That's a big problem. They need to be a lot more active uh, in game two on Tuesday night. And they've got to rebound themselves. I mean, they still gave up eight offensive rebounds. That's, let's see, that is uh, 14 second chance points in a game that they lost by four. That shouldn't happen. I mean, flat out, that shouldn't happen. Um, so the rebounding is a big key. Uh, Warriors turn the ball over 20 times. If you can't beat a team that turns the ball over 20 times against you, that's a big problem. So I think that, I think you got to play the starters a little bit more, at least I think Harden needs to be in that 40 minute range. Eric Gordon, probably the same thing. That's the, that's the big thing that I noticed after game one. Do you like what you're seeing from Chris Paul so far? Yeah, he's fine. He's always been fine. Uh, you know, the, he's, he's not going to put up just monster numbers anymore just because they don't need him to do that. Now, maybe he needs to demand the ball a little bit more, especially when when Iguodala is in the game and guarding Harden. That might be something that they need to look at just just to spring him. And it, it gives Harden a possession or two off to where he can, you know, uh, save his breath a little bit, save his legs. Uh, so I, I think that's the one thing that I would say there is that maybe give Hart, excuse me, give uh, Chris Paul a couple of more possessions, especially early in the game. Main thing for me is just, uh, I mean, it's it's real simple. Uh, Clint Capella, they need Clint Capella back. I don't see how you beat this uh, Warriors team without Clint Capella uh, being the Clint Capella we're used to seeing. And, and P.J. Tucker, he can't have games like he had where he misses every single three-point shot, misses every shot that he took. I mean, you need at least one or two three-pointers for him. to. You know, he's got to knock those down occasionally because – I mean, it just can't, you know, it can't be Chris Paul, James Harden, and Eric Gordon, and that's it. And and that's what it's been. It feels like most of these playoffs, they're not getting a whole lot from the others. And, and, and you know, I put big three, you know, up on Twitter and people were going, well, no, the big three is Capella. And I'm like, yeah, not, not in the postseason, not, not, not the Capella that we've seen anyway. The shooting for Tucker doesn't really worry me. I mean, three-point shooting comes and goes sometimes. And uh, it, it's it's a high variance sort of thing. I thought, Tucker was terrific defensively in this game. I thought he was a monster actually defensively uh, in this game, but he got into, he got into a little bit of foul trouble. So I think he needs to stay out of foul trouble and the Warriors pay very close attention to him in the corners. So he's not going to get great looks a lot of the time. Uh, Three shot, three, three pointers is pretty small sample size there. Uh, I'd like to see maybe Eric Gordon try to get to the rim a little bit more. He was very good. I mean, I don't believe let's see. Gordon was six of six from shots that were taken inside the arc. So I'd like to see him try and get to the rim a little bit more. Uh, I, I think that's maybe one big thing. I mean, he's going to take plenty of threes. 13 might be a little too much. Who did you have in this one and by, and with how many games? I said Warriors and, you know, I think I wound up on seven, but if you told me it was Warriors and five or Warriors and six or even Rockets and six or Rockets and seven, none of it would surprise me. But I think the Warriors are just, really 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 good and i just think it's it, there's a reason why they haven't lost the playoff series in the last couple of years this team is it's the best team that i've ever seen well i hope they can at least get the officiating right by the by next game i know you just got finished watching uh, game of thrones and it, it looked like uh the shame of the drones and i'll call the drones the officials in this one 
Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm hoping, uh, it, you know, I'm not going to be frustrated like this every single game, because like I said, this is very unusual for me. I'm not an officials kind of guy. I feel like usually it, it evens out. Everybody says, Oh, the Rockets get all the calls. I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I just think they have James Harden, one of the you know most difficult guys in the NBA to guard. And, and that's why they do. But, you know, I, I expect the Rockets to, you know, if they're going to win this series, that they got to win this next game. I mean, I, you, the best way to to beat the Warriors is to do it in six, not have to try to win number seven in Oracle. So, you know, that, that that's what I see going forward. I, I want to let you plug away a little bit. Uh, what's going on over on Sports Radio six ten? Normal stuff. Uh, got plenty of draft stuff uh, with the draft being uh, over the weekend. Uh, check out SportsRadio six ten dot com. Uh, we've got plenty of Rocket stuff. Uh, breaking news, all that good stuff over on SportsRadio610.com. So uh, business as usual for us. Tell tell people your uh, Twitter handle if they want to follow you. And, and I always enjoy your tweets, Adam. And I think people, you know, you need to go check it out because he's he's always got some different angles on what the Rockets are doing. Uh, Adam Spolane, A-D-A-M-S-P-O-L-A-N-E. All right, sounds great, man. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, we'd love to have you back again. Uh, hopefully the playoffs go a little bit longer and we, we can talk again. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. Absolutely. Anytime, Robert. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, listener. Are you a fan of Houston Cougar Athletics? Well, Sam and I have got the perfect podcast for you. It's the Scott and Holman Podcast. Yeah, we're talking all things Houston Cougars, in-season, off-season, recruiting, on-field results. If it's Houston Cougars, we're talking about it. So search Scott and Holman Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.